The emergence of COVID-19 has forced the legal industry to rapidly undergo a fundamental transformation. I'm Jack Newton, CEO and co-founder of Clio, the world's leading cloud-based legal software provider. In each episode of Daily Matters, we'll explore what this new normal means for law firms, how legal professionals can find success while working remotely, and how lawyers can best serve their clients during this unprecedented situation. Joining us today is Terry DeMeo, a master certified coach who is a former trial lawyer and law professor. Terry, it's great to be speaking with you today. Thank you so much. It's great to be speaking with you. Terry, first of all, how are you and your family doing? We're doing well. I'm here in New York and things are a little uh, precarious, Intense. to say the <laughs> yeah. least. Yeah. What part um, of New York are you in? I am in the northern part of Westchester County, just okay. north of the city. Yeah. Um, my son is in Brooklyn, so that gives me a lot of concern, but he's being a, a good son and checking in with me very frequently. Oh, good. He doesn't always do, so. I'm and has everyone managed to stay healthy through this, through this crisis? We, we are so far so good, very healthy, yes. Good, I, uh, I truly hope it stays that way. Uh, and I'm curious what your, what is top of your mind right now? What is, what is occupying your time? What are you thinking about the most right now? I think for me to be here now as much as possible, just bringing myself back to present moment awareness over and over and over again, taking a breath, coming back to now. I have a very vivid imagination and I can pretty easily, um, look at a news report or hear a little tidbit of something and then riff on it in my imagination and scare myself. And so I'm trying not to do that as much as humanly possible, although while still, you know, staying in the world of what's going on. I'm, I'm curious on that note, have you found any practices to be useful to keep your mind in a in a healthier place, it is so easy to get uh, obsessed with the news cycle and thinking about how yeah. how bad things are out there. But we still need to find a way of centering ourselves and 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 progressing with our with our lives and our businesses and so on. Uh, have you found anything useful that you'd, you'd you you'd like to share with our listeners? Well, the most simple thing that I do, and I mean, I've got a toolbox full of tools that is you know, equal to Home Depot's. But the most <laughs> simple thing that I do when I notice myself racing or my imagination getting away from me, um, my body has some days just trembled. Um, I just wow. bring myself back to my body and feel the weight of my body itself. So that moves my attention from my head down into the rest of me. And then just some simple, easy breaths, three breaths, feeling the weight, noticing that, and taking a few simple breaths is enough to just get me back into mm -hmm. the present, looking around the room too. It's like, I'm here, I'm safe, you know, confirming that you are presently where you are and that it's a safe place is another really simple practice to do that because when we get caught in imagination or ruminating, um, we lose awareness of where we are. Absolutely. And I, I'm curious as a, as a master certified coach, uh, I've got to imagine that the, 
immediate impacts of COVID-19 on your business and how you work with your clients has been pretty significant. Maybe you could walk me through both professionally and, and personally what the impacts of COVID-19 have been thus far. Well, personally, even though I feel vibrant and healthy, um, it's been a shock to learn that I am considered high risk in this. And I don't like that. You know, I like to still think of myself as 25 years old and <laughs> invincible to everything and yep. capable of healing from anything quickly and leaping tall buildings and all of that. Um, so I've been having to allow my family to run errands for me more and more. And at this point, you know, we're peaking here in New York and I think I'm pretty much going to be homebound at this point. Um, the last time I was in the grocery store, it was frightening. Uh, just, mm -hmm. and I'm not used to being in an environment where, you know, are you dangerous? Are you dangerous? Is this object I'm picking up contaminated? Um, so for me personally, that's been the biggest shock is, is that considering that maybe they're right. Maybe I am at high risk, no matter how I feel. Um, professionally, um, I've gotten to know my dining room table really, really well because I'm <laughs> spending a lot of time um, sitting right here. I'm spending much more time on Zoom, on video conferencing. Um, at first, I was concerned that, oh no, what's going to happen to my practice? Um, that was pretty short-lived because people, as people's anxiety levels go up, they're recognizing the value of getting some outside help, some outside support. And the focus of maybe 95% of the sessions I'm doing are on coping with the, the immediate impact of COVID and the pandemic and, um, you know, different people in different settings are impacted differently, but that tends to be the focus. And on a feeling, on an emotional level, anxiety levels are way up, stress levels are way up. So I'm doing a lot of work around that. Yeah, and I wanna pick that back up in a moment, maybe just to, to lay a little bit of a, a foundation for the discussion. Can you tell us a little bit more about your practice and, and what kinds of clients you, you work with and, uh, just give us a, a little bit of practice around your, your coaching practice. Okay. Um, my coaching practice um, divides up into a couple of broad areas. Um, I do a lot of relationship work for people from all walks of life. Um, from, you know, getting, getting over a broken heart, deciding mm -hmm. whether to leave a relationship, healing from a, a betrayal, an affair, um, deciding whether to have an affair. I've even coached people around. <laughs> um, so relationships, quite obviously, are, are very challenged right now. Um, the other broad carrot, um, area of work that I do are with licensed professionals, lawyers, physicians. Mm -hmm. I actually work with a handful of psychologists I have over the years, um, therapists, uh, dentists, mental health professionals, um, mostly lawyers in that category. Um, and they're the pressures on lawyers, which are always significant, 
it's a high stress field. Um, those have amplified, mm -hmm. at least in my practice. Yeah. And maybe thinking about the kind of work you're doing as pre COVID-19 and post COVID-19, what pre COVID-19, what kind of work would you do with lawyers? What would they reach out to you looking for support with? Um, sometimes support with professional relationships mm -hmm. or um, should I leave the practice of law and cast off these golden handcuffs? And, okay. So know, really existential questions, right. well, interpersonal questions. Yeah. And should I leave the practice of law? Should I change my firm? Should I change my practice area? Yeah. Should I move in? Should I apply for a GC position? Or I just got laid off help me find a new position. Um, a lot of those questions have been put on hold right now. Right. Um, and, and what now, are you seeing take the, those conversations take as a new form? Um, help me manage my anxiety. Mm -hmm. Help me manage how to homeschool my kids, uh, get along better with my partner, and keep up with the demands of my demanding clients and their anxiety levels, which have gone yeah. through the roof and their demands, which are increasing. Yeah. So I'm sure you've, you've coached people through all sorts of personal crises and other types of, of crises in the past. What kind of advice are you giving, you know, on a broad strokes basis? And I, I know, every piece of advice you give is, is tailored to a specific situation, but are there themes around the, the advice you're giving right now that you'd be able to share with our listeners on a broad basis? Well, basically that we're all human in this. Mm -hmm. None of us are surviving with maximum productivity. You know, I, I get these emails that say, learn a new language. You have time to learn the piano now. Um, and even I spend good chunks of time just sitting, looking at the ceiling, um, yeah. even with all my skills and tools. So whatever is showing up, whatever, um, however you're responding to this, it's okay. Your feelings are legitimate. They're very different for each of us, but whatever they are, you know, acknowledge them and be very kind and compassionate with yourself over whatever you're doing to cope with this because it is it's huge there's been nothing like this in our lifetimes and hopefully no. there it won't repeat uh i heartily agree with that sentiment yeah. <laughs> um yeah. and do you find just this, the, the magnitude of this event? I think a lot of people have a hard time internalizing even what we're facing here. And I, I feel what makes this tough for a lot of people, including myself, is the lack of control you have over how this progresses and the amount of uncertainty even over how how long this will last. And I think, you know, as a, a New Yorker, I'm sure this is close to your heart, but even with an event like 9-11, the event itself is punctuated and has this defined right. timeline. And then you understand that there, there's these, you know, diminishing ripples of impact that will get better with time. And there's the certainty that 
it will only get better from here to a certain level. And I think what's so challenging about this crisis is the amount of uncertainty, not knowing how much worse things will get and when we'll be at the peak of badness, if you want to think about it that way. Uh, and it could be weeks out, it could be months out. Even when we talk about when do things return to normal, you hear you know, everything from estimates of a few weeks to a year and a half plus. Right. And I, I think that is what is truly unsettling for people. And what have you found in addition to maybe those dynamics to be a unique challenge in coaching people through this, this crisis? Because it does feel, uh, as you put it, unique in our experience. And, and right. hopefully it will remain truly unique and not be repeated down the road. But are, are there obstacles to even for you applying the traditional tools of coaching amid, amid such a enormous crisis? Well, yeah, of course. And people who manage their anxiety and their fear of the unknown by <laughs> control, by planning, yeah. um, it's very hard for, um, I can't assure anybody of anything, not that that's ever my role, but we're all in this together. Um, what is happening is that um, the old patterns that people may have even overcome, people who have abused alcohol in the past, are abusing it again in many instances, or at least being challenged in those areas. Um, people who like to manage their lives by controlling it as much as possible, um, they are being challenged in huge ways now. Um, people who engage in conflict, attacking others, it's all your fault, blamers, mm -hmm. they're blaming a lot more. It's somebody else's fault. Um, people who tend to attack themselves are doing that in spades. It's all my fault. Right. I should be more productive. I should be a better person. Um, I should be kinder. So, you know, it's um, all I can do is take somebody where they are right now and bring them forward as far as they could go. So in that, in, in, in a particular session, in that regard, my work is exactly the same, mm -hmm. but there is a lot more focus on uh, the feeling and emotional side of things because it is impacting people. Now for lawyers, um, lawyers are a pretty stoic bunch who aren't used to existing in the land of feelings. And they tend to be feeling suppressors. So um, that's improving. I mean, increasing, it's not improving, it's increasing um, during this period of lockdown and uncertainty um, in many instances. And so for me, it's, a matter of being very patient and bringing people along from where they are as far as they're capable of, of going in any particular moment. And those might be, it, it sounds like it might be the same process that you'd normally go through maybe in smaller steps. You just got to be a bit more stepwise around the progress right. you're making. Right. Uh, and, and maybe that ties nicely into uh, a blog post you wrote recently called 
inner self-care in uncertain times. And that blog post is available on inner180.com for anyone that might be interested in checking it out. Um, so in this blog post, you mentioned how people can't just meditate themselves out of this situation uh, or practice inner gratitude enough to make this situation go away. Can you talk a little bit about, more about that, that idea and how it applies to the, the, the current situation? Well, the situation itself, I mean, in coaching, one of the principles I use is that it's not so much the external circumstances. It's not the brief that's due next week. It's how you're processing it. Um, you know, if I don't do a good job, I'm not going to make partner, for example. Or if I don't win this case, the client is going to go somewhere else for their next project. And so, you know, one of the things I work with is how thinking impacts the way we feel and then behave in the world. Mm -hmm. um, good luck with that right now, because these external circumstances, this environment that we're in is huge. And it's kind of a, a, a shadow over everything right now. Mm -hmm. It's the first thing we think of when we wake up in the morning. It's the last thing we might think of at night and yeah. all during the day. Am I answering your question? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So um, I have to adjust to that as a professional. And um, it challenges me to find new ways of connecting with where a client is at any moment um, so that I can help them feel better, be more productive, be more efficient, be better partners, be better parents, um, whatever it is that they need and wherever they are through all of this. But we can't paste a cliche on top of it and make it go away. Um, there are no pat answers. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, for people that maybe want to access more of what you you're, you're sharing here and, and, and some of the, the tools you're applying to this, this situation. Um, I, I know that in that same blog post, you mentioned that you're hosting two weekly group calls for, yes. for free, free of charge, which I think right. is incredible. And, um, thank you for, for doing that. It's a, a great service. Um, can you tell us a little bit more about that offering what the response you've seen uh, has been and if our listeners want to join how can they do that okay i would be happy for the listeners to join um i felt so helpless that first week i was in lockdown mm -hmm. um and i thought i would just give back in in a way that i hadn't done before um so i just I did a quick post, put them up. Um, I've had a very hearty response to them. People have liked them. Um, and what happens basically is I'm not offering any pat answers because I don't believe there are. You know, mm -hmm. I might start with a, a brief poem or, you know, something for a minute or two. And then I just start talking to the participants. How can I help you? What are your needs? Um, where are you? What you can do? And I might offer a mind-body tool. Uh, I Sometimes just hearing somebody out and listening to them is enough. 
Um, sometimes I'll give them a specific tool to try or a little piece of homework. Um, but the, the theme mostly is that we've got to take care of ourselves first. We've got to understand what our needs are and legitimize them. Um, and then we can go about the work of being partners and parents and lawyers and professionals and show up for everybody else. But we've got to, we've got to start inside with ourselves in order to be effective. Yeah. Um, you can get on the list and get the Zoom link by emailing my trusty, uh, most treasured and revered assistant <laughs> who's been so invaluable through this. Um, support at Terry DeMeo, which is my name, T-E-R-R-Y-D-E-M-E-O.com. And we'll get you on the list. There's a call uh, Friday, which is what? April 10th at Great. one o'clock one o'clock eastern will be the next one and then i'll announce next week's uh, i'm doing it week by week depending on my needs and schedule for other other things but Great. i am going to do two per week um as long as people start keep showing up yeah well that's great and and uh again i think uh, an incredible service for you to be to be offering on the on the topic of mental health for lawyers, we we all know lawyers struggle with mental health. We see higher than average suicide rates. We see higher than average yeah. substance abuse rates in in lawyers. So already coupled with as 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 you mentioned, you know, a, a perhaps too stoic uh, attitude to the to the world and um, uh, re reluctance to to share emotions and feelings. A lot of people are deeply concerned about the, the, the mental health of, of lawyers with this added pressure of right. the COVID-19 crisis. And I'm curious what your thoughts are on, on both the short and long-term implications around mental health for lawyers and how they might think about mental health as well. If there might be a shift in, in perspective on that front. Yeah, um, the, the lawyers that I've worked with are feeling um, the impact of life as a professional, as a legal professional, uh, times 10, the, the exponential mm -hmm. pressure on them and the fear that this new normal that we're getting used to means um, client work is going to drop off as, mm -hmm. and client demands actually go up quite frequently because clients right. are very anxious. I need it yesterday. Yeah. And this, this feeling that lawyers have about having no boundaries whatsoever. They have to take every call, every matter, do them all simultaneously, which of yeah. course is impossible. Yeah. Um, so I'm trying to encourage them um, to make friends with their mute button. Mm -hmm. make friends with getting away from, with setting boundaries for themselves, knowing their limits. Um, you know, one of the reasons that lawyers are so stressed and do suffer the effects of all of those things you mentioned um, is the very wonderful training that we get in looking at how things can go wrong. 
What is the worst case scenario and how can I plan for that? Which is a fabulous professional standard. And when we apply it at home, when we apply it um, to the rest of our life, when we apply it to our professional lives beyond just the, the case matters themselves, what could go wrong, but what could go wrong in my practice? What could go wrong with my employees? What could go wrong with every other aspect of my life? And where there are no answers and there is no way to plan, it becomes an even bigger problem. So that idea of being here now, coming back to the present moment over and over is important. Having boundaries is important. Um, Getting their own oxygen mask on first becomes Mm -hmm. super important. Understanding their old patterns might flare up. All of the things I've been talking about apply particularly to lawyers Um, And the stresses on them are huge right now. I think long-term, we're all going to get used to a new normal, whatever Mm -hmm. that is. A lot of, you know, the anxiety and the stressors we're finding right now have to do with the, the shock of being confined. Often with somebody you don't want to be combined with or, Uh, too much, Um, Mm -hmm. or perhaps people are confined alone and would love to have somebody nearby. So there's a whole lot of getting used to um, that's not going to last forever. So yeah, it's, it's so interesting that you're either at one end of that spectrum or the other, you're, you're probably too close with too many people for too long or feeling really isolated with, with no social contact. Right. Right. So so Terry, you touched on something I think really, uh, you know, profound and important around this, this worst case scenario analysis that lawyers are constantly Mm -hmm. doing that uh, you could see just going haywire in this kind of an environment um, because we're, we're living uh, probably what was beyond most people's idea of what a worst case scenario would be for, 2020, just three months ago. I don't think anybody saw this impacting. uh, I mean, nobody saw an event of this scale happening. And so many companies and individuals that even thought they had disaster preparedness plan and business continuity plans in force did not contemplate this scenario. They contemplated earthquakes or tsunamis or other kinds of social disruption, uh, but not not a worldwide pandemic. And I think operating in this kind of a crisis and having that, that worst case scenario analysis that is extrapolating out from this data point that we're in right now can obviously lead to a really dark place. And I'm, I'm curious, are there, are there other properties of lawyers, other characteristics of lawyers that you think make them unique among other professionals, for example, just in how they, the, the kind of work they need to do and the kind of disposition they might have that just like this self-awareness, I think, and the, the power that self-awareness could give you knowing that, hey, worst case scenario analysis makes a lot of sense and is a superpower when I'm in the courthouse, but is actually a liability and something that's very unhealthy when I'm at home thinking about my, right. my kid playing out on the street and thinking about the car that could run them over and all the other right. kind of negative narratives that could, could drive from there. Can you, uh, are, are there other 
things that lawyers should be especially self-aware of as they try to navigate a crisis like this? Yeah, I think I touched on it brief briefly a few minutes ago, and that is this idea um, that lawyers typically feel they have to respond to every client's needs and yeah. request immediately. immediately. Absolutely. Yeah. And they don't. They can't. It's impossible. Um, but the more... Um, and then there, there goes that worst case scenario thinking again. You know, if I don't, I'll lose the client. If I don't, I'll lose yeah. the case. I, I think the, the other observation I'd share on that front, to, just to, to layer onto your thought there, I've, I've talked to some lawyers that deploy really effective strategies, which is you can respond in the moment, but it can be in a very lightweight mm -hmm. way. But just acknowledge the fact yeah. that you receive this message and you will get back to the individual by the end of the day. And if you do have a client that is highly anxious and has a highly urgent matter, they want that responsiveness on, you don't necessarily need to pause the playtime you're having with your kid that's so important to recharging your batteries and write the three-page response that might be suitable in that context. Send them a quick text message and say, I got your email. I'll get back to you by the end of the day. And that puts your client at ease mm -hmm. and it sets expectations for when the response will be. And you can still be responsive without it being this constant meaningful interruption to your normal day if there is any sense of of normal these days yeah yeah i, I think that's that's a brilliant piece of advice um i'm also cautioning um lawyers tend to be great consumers of news and um yes you know there's nothing that's happening so quickly that we need frequent check-ins with what's going on um and that amplifies all of that worst case scenario thinking and doomsday kind of feelings um, yeah. to be I, checking in like that. I heard a good term for what checking the news websites feels like these days and it's doom surfing. Oh. So people doom surfing before bed and how unhealthy that is. And maybe, right. you know, put your, put your cell phone in a different room before you go to bed. Some of those, Absolutely. those habits that can help uh, save your mental health. Uh, and, and Terry, you've touched on a number of these ideas over the course of our conversation. Um, so maybe this is a, a new answer, or maybe you just want to underline and underscore some of what you've spoken to previously. But what are some things that people in general and legal professionals in particular can do today to care for themselves and others? Well, start within, start with yourself, because, um, I'll tell you a story that's interesting. Um, horses are mammals like we mm -hmm. are. And when horses live in the wild, they live in herds. They're prey animal. Um, they're attacked by cougars and whatnot. And so they group together and the leader of a pack of horses, a herd of horses, is the calmest matriarchal mare in the mm. herd. And it's got great implications for leadership. When that pack of horses, uh, when that mare gets spooked, the horses will look to the next 
calmest matriarchal mare and follow her out of the canyon or away from the mm. danger or whatever needs to be done. And I tell this story to a lot of clients because um, as mammals, we are also in a position where we can either get infected with the emotions of others or we can intend to be the calm leader of the pack. Mm -hmm. And so the more we can respond to an anxious client or an anxious family member from a place of calm, the more likely we are to be able to manage them. But in order to do that, it requires the self-care of getting our own oxygen mask on first, getting to a place of calm. So right. mindfulness is exceptionally helpful in these kind of scenarios right now. Any kind of mindfulness practice, even if it's to sit in the room you're in for a few minutes and notice what you can see, what you're hearing, what you smell, what might be touching your skin. Um, the, the internet is full of mindfulness practices. Um, and it doesn't mean you have to sit on a cushion and try to not think um, that present moment awareness, look around the room you're in and notice what you notice um, can do wonders a few minutes every day. Um, so I didn't know uh, that about horses, that that's such a powerful metaphor for the, the current climate. Yeah, it's fascinating. It's fascinating. And then, you know, when we've got, had enough, you know, when we get to the limit, we need to take a break. We need to interrupt what we're doing, whatever it is. And, you know, going for a walk outside is still permitted in most places. Um, you know, we want to do that safely. Um, but it is important. Um, and spring is arriving in so many places yeah. now. And just noticing that Nature hasn't stopped itself because humans are getting sick and under threat right now. The flowers are blooming, the birds are back, it's greening up. Um, and I think that's kind of nice to notice. It, it, it is incredible. And if, uh, I, I, I know for me personally, I have found solace in cherry blossom season, which is uh, underway in Vancouver yeah. and started almost at exactly the same time that, that our social distancing measures and our mandatory work from home at Clio came into force just over three weeks ago. Mm -hmm. uh, and so we're right in the midst of a, a, a gorgeous uh, cherry blossom season. And for me, my daily runs and soaking up nature has been, you know, kind of my meditative practice. Yeah. Uh, Terry, this has been an enormously useful conversation full of, I, I think, really practical and actionable advice on how to navigate some of the mental health challenges uh, that we're all facing in this crisis. Um, are, are you able to share with me maybe a, a parting message for our listeners, speaking to them either as, as human beings or, or legal professionals, uh, and, and leave them with a takeaway from our conversation? Yeah, um, I think... Um, as we're learning a new way to be connected with each other, mm -hmm. um, that might outlast this. Um, and a sense of we're all in this together. 
um, might be something that we all want to intend to do going forward because, you know, in this country, in the U.S., certainly we've been so um, fractured. And I hope that perhaps some healing can come out of this. The mm -hmm. other thing, too, is to just have so much self-respect and kindness and compassion for ourselves um, and for the people we're interacting with. We're all under great stress and pressure right now. And um, the more slack we can give ourselves and each other, I think the more likely are, we are to, to get through this um, with our health and our you know, our mental well-being intact. Absolutely. I think if we're, we're optimistic about all of this, there's some foundational changes that we can put in place that actually help us emerge stronger from this crisis, you know, both as individuals and as a community than when we, we entered it. So I, I share your optimism on that front. Yeah. And, and once again, Terry, thank you for, for joining us today. This was a, an incredible conversation. We'll have information on how to get a hold of you in the show notes. So if you want to follow up with Terry or join uh, the group call that she mentioned earlier in the conversation, we'll have uh, all the information relevant to that in the show notes. So once again, thank you, Terry. It was a pleasure having you. It was my pleasure, Jack. Thank you so much. Thanks for joining us on Daily Matters today, a podcast from Clio. Rate and review wherever you get your podcasts and subscribe so that you never miss an episode. Daily Matters is produced by Andrew Booth, Sam Rosenthal, and Derek Bolin, and hosted by yours truly, Jack Newton. Thanks also to Clio, the world's leading cloud-based legal technology provider, for supporting this podcast. If you'd like to learn more about Clio, please visit clio.com. 